Agnostics, agnostics, long-haired weirdos, short-haired weirdos, vandals, Welcome to the Politics Guys, a place for bipartisan, rational, and civil debate on American politics and policy. I'm Michael Baranowski, a professor of political science at Northern Kentucky University. I'm joined today by my conservative counterpart, Cleveland area attorney and defender of freedom, Jay Carson. Hey, Mike. Hey, Jay. And so how are you this afternoon? Pretty, pretty darn good. I'm, I'm, uh, this is, I, I actually, you know what I did? I worked from home today. Well, that's nice. Yeah. You um, probably don't get to which, do that. Which that sort often. of, no, it, 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 I usually don't. And it, uh, you know, I am a traditionalist in most all things. Right. And I think, a you know, a man, man ought to get up and, uh, go to the office. Um, but, uh, today I had to have, you know, work done in my car. So. Well, well, very cool. Yeah. I, I've, I gotta say, I've had a weird few weeks. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a stubborn person at times, sometimes to my own detriment, you know, and, and a while ago I came down with a thing. It doesn't matter what the thing is, but it's a thing. And so I, I, I texted her, I messaged my doctor and said, I got this thing. And she said, well, take this drug. And I said, essentially, no, I don't want to do that. Instead, I'll go on the internet and find ways to fix myself. And, and, you know, she probably would think at that time, well, why the hell did you talk to me in the first place then if you were just going to find some weird TikTok cure for your thing? And my answer is like, I don't know, because I'm stubborn and sometimes not You're not a, a stooge to, to big pharma. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I, I know that as long as I, if I just put enough apple cider vinegar in me, I'll be fine or whatever it is. I don't know. But anyway, so. No, my, um, I think I have, I have a, a whole variety of, of issues, but all of them are just one of those, uh, yeah, just rest and, and put some ice on it and take ibuprofen. Yeah, it'll be fine. Um, or it'll kill you. There's like you nothing that's like, yeah, there's nothing that, yeah, there's exactly. no quick cure for. That's. For, for being old. No, that's just, it's, yeah, a, exactly. it's a, dege- yeah. a degenerative disease that will kill you. So anyway, so. It's all, no, it is. It's all dumb overuse kind of, yep. yeah. I hear you. Weekend warrior type of things. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, so I, I, I want to, speaking of old people, uh, Joe Biden, uh, he got some bad news uh, recently, uh, even though, you know, there was that, all these elections in the last week or so that gave Democrats some good news. That bad news was a New York Times Siena College poll of six key battleground states in which Donald Trump leads in five of the six and not by little amounts in some plus four in Pennsylvania, up five in Michigan and Arizona, six in Georgia and 10 in Nevada. Biden's only advantage is a lot smaller, plus two in Wisconsin. So that's Seems like now it is a year to the election, but those are almost certainly the six closest states are expected to be. Jay, when you saw those top line numbers, before we dig into the details, what did you think? I was I was a little surprised. Uh, I would have thought that they would have been closer. I would would have thought that um, there would have been fewer people, uh, sort of a, a shy Tory effect, uh, who'd be willing to say they would vote for Trump, right? Um, but uh yeah that's that's certainly not good news for for Biden. Um it's also one of those those things where some of it you can say um is the economy, right? You could you could argue well people are still uh, uh you know stinging from inflation and you can say well the inflation rate's gone down which it has. Um but it's not that you know so there's been deflation just the, the rate of inflation has, has decreased. Um 
So there's that, and maybe that gets better, right? Um, you know, mortgage rates dropped significantly uh, just the other day, so there's the sense that you know, I, I get, I get that. But his other bigger problem um, is that he's old, uh, and he's not going to be any younger a year from now. Uh, and the likelihood of 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 him getting older is a hundred percent. The likelihood of um, his age showing um, uh, even more, uh, I think, is is high. So I think that's that's the the bad news is is most of the problem is it's it's not a problem that he can fix yeah i i would tend to agree I, I mean a lot of the ice and ibuprofen and you yep. know yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> apple cider vinegar like we were just talking there you about. go yeah we should maybe send them a bottle of brags or i should at least but if you take a look at some of the numbers i mean in 2020 34 percent of response in a poll said biden is too old to be president now it's 71 compared to 18 up to 39 for donald trump and so that's a that's a huge deal and like you said that's something he can't control now the economy is clearly a bigger issue the folks in the, in the survey indicated it was by far the most important issue to voters uh and you're right it biden usually is yeah, yeah biden doesn't do well on that issue, uh, they said 59 to 37 percent trusting Trump over Biden on economic issues. And and I think that whole there's that whole Bidenomics thing. Right. Uh, and it's like, what exactly is Bidenomics? Um, well, you know, Joe Biden wants people to see it as I think his he would argue his successful attempts to sort of invest in regular people. Republicans want to see it as kind of crazily reckless spending and that, but whatever it's, whatever it is, it's a PR bust. It has not worked. I mean, as a messaging tool, right? And, and I think you're right. I mean, if we look at a lot of the economic figures, they look much better than they did a year ago. And they're on, they're also on the right trajectory. There was, you know, a year ago, we were, we were all certain, almost everyone was certain there was going to be a recession. And now, that seemed to somehow not happen, and so I think Biden. You also, you also said infla inflation would be uh, back to two uh, percent, right? And it's nuts. You know, it's uh, like three point something. So yeah, higher than yeah, but but still, obviously a big drop. I mean, unemployment is at a ridiculously low rate, and so a lot's going well. And I think what Biden is betting is that there's a lag between that improvement and voters' perception of a better economy and a year out that's not so much of a, a an issue essentially right and and again age thing aside i think he also thinks well you know the focus is on me as president but once we start running things like i mentioned in the in the weekend show donald trump saying I got the big win i'm the one who can give you the six week abortions that sort of thing if not for me that's an issue I think Democrats feel good about, right? And but yeah, yeah. But even so, I don't think I don't think Trump's going to. I mean, he was putting that out there because that was the news of the day. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and after election day, I don't think he's that he's going to run on that. He's going to run on, um, you know, here's what uh, gas cost when I was president, and here's what your grocery bill was when I was president, and here's what it is now. And and, and voters, Trump voters, don't punish him for being inconsistent. Or even being incoherent. I mean, that's pretty clear. And and if you take a look at that base, the will definitely or and will probably vote for Donald Trump. That was average in those six states, forty five percent. For Biden, 
it was 40, meaning that Trump's base is clearly stronger, more sort of baked in. Motivated, yeah. Exactly, right? And now, uh, I think you might have mentioned this, or uh, we talked about Nikki Haley in, in the weekend show, right? Nikki Haley actually does a lot better against Biden than Donald Trump does. She leads in all six of those states by an average of around nine to 10, but I don't think that matters because she doesn't make it through the primaries, basically. And I, I expect you would agree with that. Probably. But I, again, if, I, if I'm Nikki Haley, I start flogging the oh, numbers yeah. out there saying, look, you know, here's the thing. Do you, do you want to, you know, do you want to be able to have Trump making snarky comments and own the libs and all that kind of stuff? Or do you actually want to win? Though, of no, course, Trump I could think, point think, to this. I think that's. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. But Trump. Yeah. Trump. You know, for all the, the, the talk, I mean, Trump has lost, um, you know, whatever, four straight elections. Uh, so I, I, I think there, there is a contingent um, that if they're convinced someone else can really win, um, might be willing to jump ship. I don't know that it's there yet because it just hasn't kind of crystallized yet you know what i mean it's sort of there there's almost a it's it still seems too hypothetical um and, and maybe so but, uh, yeah 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 uh, uh, and it may always remain hypothetical you, you you may be right that you know his his lead in the primaries is just insurmountable but um i i do think there's there's something to be said for you know let's let's actually sit back and look at the numbers of, of you know people you are if, if I'm a Republican strategist, and I, I kind of am in my spare time, um, you know, I, I would say, look, let's let's look at who is most likely to beat Joe Biden, because otherwise um, anything can happen with Donald Trump. Um, you understand, uh, uh, again, I, these criminal things, uh, some of them are worse than others. But um, I, I think that's that's a, a big problem. And also Donald Trump is 78. Uh, now, certainly he's in seems to be in better shape than than what Joe Biden is. Um, but but I think if, if you impress upon voters the, the direness of the situation, of if you lose, it's four more years of Joe Biden and or uh, Kamala Harris. Um, you know, let's you know, now what do you think? You know, here's the numbers of Mickey Haley. Now, what do you think? John, who joins us today, make, makes an interesting point, says he tends to agree with Jonah Goldberg that both parties are behaving as if they want to be minority parties and catering to their you know, extreme base, that sort of thing. Uh, and, and I think that's true, but I also think that's just a function of the system we have for choosing our candidates. The, the primary system uh, is, is largely uh, run or participated in by the most extreme, most engaged parts of the electorate. So it's not surprising you would get these sort of results. Well, but but then again, take a look at, because we had this conversation a, a while back, right? Um, Republican nominees um, going back to the, the 90s, uh, George H.W. Bush. Now, again, you can say, well, look, he was the vice president, he was the heir apparent and so forth, but he still had to fend off a, a, a challenge by Pat Buchanan, sort of a, a little boomlet of a, a challenge by Buchanan. Um, then, you know, Bob Dole, well, Bob Dole wasn't, you know, is he a, a firebrand uh, right-wing extremist? No. In fact, the criticism was that he wasn't strong enough, um, that he was sort of wishy-washy. Uh, then you got uh, 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 George W. Bush. Um, now, I would say he was more conservative, uh, but but still um, not the most uh, conservative. And I think a lot of conservatives grouched about uh, too much spending. 
Um, after that, uh, John McCain, um, who's like a maverick who does whatever he wants to, right? And, and he sort of ran against, uh, uh, you know, the, the hell with all of you kind of thing. Uh, then Mitt Romney, again, what I'm saying is, is none of these, these folks, until you get to Trump, um, would you consider extremists? And so your argument is, or your, I would say your argument and your hope is that the Trump thing is sort of a longer boomlet and will eventually fizzle. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying most, most of the time, um, parties go for uh, who they do believe is the most electable. I think that used to be true, but it seems like when I look at a lot of the candidates, I mean, especially I think of all the races that Republicans should have won. I mean, they Republicans should one would I would think have a majority in the Senate right now, but they don't because of exactly that nominating people who had a decidedly worse chance of winning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm talking presidential candidates. Okay. Uh, you See, know, because I think your, your mileage may vary uh, from state to state, right? Part of that depends on, you know, the bench strength that you've got in, in the state and so forth. Um, you know, and again, I, I think Georgia in particular, um, there was a lot of bad decision making there, and there was Trump injecting himself into the race, uh, which, which uh, made it a problem. Um, and I think where was another Pennsylvania was again just there was a horrible candidate who was who was drafted because he was sort of the Trumpian sort of guy, and that's that's what I mean when I say Trump lo- losing right. so many elections. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in in Ohio, JD Vance uh, uh, won sort of improbably, um, and I think that's more just the the momentum of Ohio is mostly a red state, um, uh, and uh, you know. He ran a, and and his his opponent didn't run a great campaign. So well, no, I, I shouldn't say that. He, Ryan, I think, ran a decent campaign. Um, Just in a bad. What, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, a lot of these uh, congressional candidates' uh, actual mileages may vary by where you are. But if you're looking at the larger Republican electorate of who they pick as their presidential nominee, uh, it tends to be someone who is represents a, a cross section of the party. Well, I, I, right. I certainly hope you're right about that. And as a result, sort of, it ends up nobody's ever really happy with them. I think I, I think that's another thing of, you know, I think the, you always, um, uh, how is it, uh, Democrats uh, fall in love, Republicans uh, fall in line? It used to be the um, case, but now it seems like yeah. it's been the opposite now since 2016. Yeah, but, but sort of, the again, with Trump being the exception and the, um, you know, the old Obama, you know, giving the chill down the leg kind of thing. And yeah, most... Most Republicans, I would say, don't get that over any candidate, the exception perhaps being Trump. Right. And so, I mean, and again, this goes back to something we've talked about a lot in the past is I tend to believe or actually fear both both would work that the Republican Party has transformed in a fundamental way toward the sort of nativist extremist sort of thing. And you believe and hope, and I hope you're right, that that's not the case. And this is a short-term thing. And, and we'll certainly find out after the 2024 election, I would expect. I am I would say, I, I think it probably remains to be seen, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's an open question. I, I, I do think, I don't say this on the weekend show, because, you know, you're kind of, kind of rambling, but it, because this was just something I was thinking about earlier today. There, there is sort of a, a lack of seriousness um, that troubles me. 
there are a lot of Republicans in, in, you know, and I've been looking at this for a long time and I read a lot of history stuff and there have always been, you know, sort of sleazy politicians and there have always been, um, uh, you know, folks who were sort of the showboaters and, um, you know, all hat and no cattle type, uh, type thing. Um, but, but I think more, more than before, uh, and this from both parties, um, we tend to, there tend to be uh, candidates, um, who, who are just not serious people, if you will, right? If you remember the, remember the, the hit on, uh, George W. Bush was that he lacked gravitas, right? Um, and, uh, good Lord. I mean, that <laughs> kind of gravitas, a little bit of that back, uh, you know, compared when you look around, uh, a Congress right now, um, that you've got a lot of folks who are, are, are just unserious and, and just plain weirdos, uh, in some case. Um, right. J- Jim, you know, in, in the old days, a guy like Jim Trafficking from your old stopping ground, stopping grounds used to stand out, but, but now exactly. people, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So one thing you mentioned earlier is Trump conviction. And I should point out in that survey, things change a lot. Uh, they asked the question of, well, what happens if Trump is convicted and sentenced to prison? I think that part's important. So that's been left off in left out in a number of the reporting uh, reports on this I've seen. Now, if under those conditions, Biden leads in all six battlegrounds by an average of 10 points. And so, I mean, Donald Trump is been charged with 91 felonies in various cases. And one would think, well, prosecutors probably won't go 0 for 91. I think that was the argument May made last <laughs> week. Right? They're going to get him on something. I mean, but but it's not necessarily getting him on something. It's getting him on something before the election. Yeah. And also I, timing. I don't yeah. know that it. Yeah. And also Trump going to prison, because I don't think when people hear convicted, it's like, well, convicted, but he's appealing and he's not in prison. And so I really think that what when people hear that question, they think Donald Trump behind bars. Yeah. And that's a very different thing yeah. than a jury. Having, I don't see I don't see that happening before the election. Yeah, because, I mean, you take a look at the Georgia. Just, just the timetable. Yeah. yeah, the Georgia thing. Uh, uh, Willis is hoping it will start uh, early March, says it could take four months. So best case scenario for that wrapping up late summer 2024. But I think it's going to be longer than that. Right. And then there's this federal election interference case. That's March 4th. Right. Yeah. I mean, and maybe there's but he's also he'd be a first time offender. Judges would take into account the age. There are no mandatory minimums, I believe, for any of these felonies. Well, he'd he'd, he'd, he'd uh, be out on uh, bond during appeal. Yeah. And so for all of those reasons, I don't think that the condition that voters I would expect that these likely voters were thinking of has much of a chance of being met. I, I think I, I tend to agree with you. I think you mentioned a few weeks ago that. You felt Trump would likely get convicted of something somewhere, but being convicted by a jury and actually ending up the entire appellate process, having that upheld and going to prison, that's a whole different story. We hope you enjoyed this preview of our supporters-exclusive midweek show. If you'd like to hear the rest of the episode, we hope you'll consider becoming a supporter. Supporters get ad-free access to all of our shows, membership in our Politics Guys Discord group where you can join in on the conversation, and other benefits at different levels of support. 
To become a supporter, go to patreon.com slash politicsguys. You can also support us through Venmo or at politicsguys or through PayPal. You'll find all of our support links in the show notes as well as at politicsguys.com slash support. And if you'd like to get the midweek show, but you're not in a position to become a financial supporter, that's not a problem. Just send me an email at mike at politicsguys.com and I'll be happy to get that set up for you.